When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome to Claret and Blue post-match podcast. Back to winning ways. Southampton nil, Aston Villa one. Never in doubt. Um, and even Mike Dean joining the growing band of Aston Villa fan, fans now by um, <laughs> helping us back at Stockley Park. So I'm joined by James Rushton. How are you, James? I'm all right. I think everyone might be wondering where Dan is, but I think that's that's something for the end of the end of the podcast. We get to the pressing issue of uh, Aston Villa finally, finally beating uh, Southampton. <laughs> Second win since 2005 over them, and I know we didn't play for a long time because they were they were rubbish uh, in the mid noughties But you know they were a bogey team for us, so I'm glad we went to St Mary's and uh, come away with a win despite some really controversial circumstances. Well, yeah, I think. Um... Gabby Bonlahor, Libor Kozak and um, Fabian Delft scored the last time we won there. I remember going down on a freezing winter night, I think back in 2013. I think I even broke my sat on my sat on my driving glasses that night, so even that was tinged. Uh tinged with a bit of disappointment. But uh yeah, I mean listen, we'll we'll get to the usual VAR um discussion shortly and we'll probably be coming at it slightly one eyed, um, yeah. from a different direction to the way we normally do. Um what did you think about the performance as a whole, James, tonight? I'm glad. You know, Villa are one of the, in terms of stopping teams having really good chances against them in general, Villa are one of the better teams in the league when you, you look at the stats. So really pleasing that that's come across today. And I know there was uh, the VAR stuff at the end and the, the handball at the start, by the quote-unquote handball. It's just good to see that reflected in the performance. It was a solid defensive game. It was all Southampton, so let's be honest, because they're the home team and the way they play suits that. Um, so it's good to see Villa just have that siege mentality, hold their ground, and that defence to a man come out unscathed because we've been waiting for something like that uh, a day when not a member of Villa's defence goes uh, criticised, so to speak. So I'm really pleased, Matt. What about you? Yeah, I think it was really, really important after what happened in, in, in Midweek, this mm. get, this team. I know it's happened a couple of times against Southampton and, and against Leeds, but this team doesn't concede goals in twos normally, let alone in in threes, threes and fours. So for that to happen at, at Burnley, um, out of the blue, to be honest, we we weren't expecting it with how commanding Villa were. I actually feared there was a little bit of a hangover from it um, in the first fifteen twenty minutes. I, I, I thought Southampton looked on top. I thought they were they were stretching us, but but Villa Villa were resolute and you know. On whatever I can't remember what night night it was Wednesday night was it I think the last match kind of launched an impassioned defence of of Tyro Mings saying he, he certainly deserves to stay in the team and he does and it wasn't just Mings tonight it was a complete rearguard action and you know Emmy Martinez you know on on the rare occasions that Villa Villa defence did get breached there's there's Emmy Martinez who's brave as you like um, just just while I've got him on my mind it was. Um, 
the, the save that he made from from Jay Adams, and then I think yeah. the commentators dug him out for kind of flapping at the next one when he's got an you know he's got a shoulder in his face. <laughs> his fingers have just been stamped on, albeit I think it was accidentally by Shay Adams. I think he could give the bloke a, a break. I think he's that 10, 10 clean sheets now in in the Premier League, considering um, yeah. he's very much been the kind of bridesmaid rather than the bride, and not had a run of games really consecutively in the Premier League like this. You know he. He just he kind of grows in value, doesn't he? And then the bargain value of what we got him for probably probably didn't seem a bargain at the time for you know a reserve goalkeeper. But you know, over the course of this season, you know, I think he's probably going to have won Villa somewhere between I don't know ten, a dozen, fifteen points. Um, so yeah, I thought it was um, Villa weren't weren't the free flowing attacking attacking outfit we've come to expect, but. I think it was more important that they showed they could do the basics right at the back and, and get another clean sheet tonight. Should you get the elephant out of the room then? I know we want to speak about Matt Target, Matty Cash. I'm not putting a bit of weight on, mate, but you don't need to call me that. <laughs> um, the, you know, I can't speak highly enough of Matt Target as well. I think to a man, as I say, when I say that, I mean the back four, Martinez to a man, perfect 10 out of 10 game from him. Uh, elephant in the room then, let's talk handball. Uh, let's talk that that that, ba- that ball bounced off Matty's, Matty Cash's hand off his thigh, or so it seemed. Um, I thought it was going to be a penalty. To be honest, I thought there's no way they can uh, rule that. And I mean, on the show on the other foot, I'd have been furious if that happened to Villa, as as we have been on this show. Don't know what your thoughts are on that, but uh, I think I think the general feeling is we got away with one. Uh, you know, I'm the handball rule. <laughs> yeah, it changes every week. The handball rule. You know. As far as I'm concerned, ball hits a hand, handball. I'm a Villa fan, so I'm really happy we got away with that. I'm really happy that the rule says if it hits any part of the body before the hand, it's not handball, whatever, whatever the result, the resolution they came to there. So I guess I'm really glad with that um, because that would have been an absolute game killer from the get-go, that would have been. Yeah, I can probably be a little bit more gracious now that we won um, and it didn't cost us. But like you, I'd have been absolutely seething. Um you know, if that if we wouldn't have got the penalty and we'd have had the goal disallowed in the circumstances that, that they did in, in stoppage time as well. Um you know, we can be a little bit facetious and a little bit kind of mocking. Now it's falling down on our side, but it just points to the fact that that either the rules themselves or the way they're interpreted or the safety net of VAR, somebody having the benefit of slow-mo and seeing these things in a, in a quiet office, free from distraction. It's not fit for purpose, is it? You know, it's, I know these things even themselves out across the course of the season. But is that a good enough answer, the fact that it's equally bad, um, you know, across the board? I don't think it is. Um, I know we'll see people saying probably the... the Probably more partisan and one eye Villa fans than us saying, "Oh, you know, it, it clipped up off his off his leg, so you know, it clearly, clearly shouldn't have been a penalty." And you know, Danny Ings's nipple ring was was you know half, half a millimeter offside, so it clearly shouldn't have been an equaliser. And that's fair, you know. You know, we fair. That's what football's about. It's about tribalism and and being kind of um, partisan, but. I think we've got away. I think we've we've got away with 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 a couple. I think we deserve it for two reasons. One, I thought we bounced back with real resilience from Wednesday, and two, we've had a fair, we've had more than our fair share or our unfair share of these go against us so far this season. Yeah, we've had the exact same thing with that Danny Ings goal. We've had Ollie Watkins have two of them um, ruled out, and uh, I guess it just shows the, the farce that it is. Because if we're talking, that's John McGinn there crouching forward and it's his backside that the offline offside lines are based on 
that's a goal. <laughs> We've got problems there. And I think they made the point about the, you know, the band or something. It's ridiculous. And, like, you know, look, I'm glad that they flagged it offside because we got the win. And it's happened to us so many times. But as we say, you know, the, the almost the karmic balance of VAR, that's going to happen to us again now. Like, it's just going to come around again because the rules are ridiculous and can't be applied to VAR because it doesn't have the context. If that was John McGinn, and as I said, and the lines there, because his backside might be a little bigger than how slim Matty Cash is, you've got an issue, a serious issue. Not here to body shame John McGinn, but different size of players would make a different offside line. Oh, mate, the way John McGinn uses his bump, he'd probably play somebody <laughs> on, on side if he was standing on the on the halfway line. Uh, but, um, yeah, listen, it, it's... <laughs> It's happened, hasn't it? You know, and like I say, I hope, I hope us kind of gloating about it doesn't 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 jinx it for for the next game. You know, we're not on the on the receiving end of one against West Ham uh, on next Wednesday night. But um, I think that the key thing for me was that you know I think we're so unused to losing now, and what a remarkable thing that is to say, given given what happened last season. We're so so unused to the idea of losing that. You know, and I know I shouldn't really take take my lead from 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 social media, but it's hard to take it from anywhere else at the moment. No, we're not. We we can't use stadium as a, as a barometer. But the kind of mini meltdown that that happened because Villa had lost the Premier League game um, in midweek, and I was trying to say the other night that we've got to we've all got to keep a sense of perspective throughout this because when Villa have had setbacks, they've tended to find a way to, to bounce back, and you know that was proved right tonight. Uh, the one thing that that did concern me, I suppose, but is the manager and in Dino we trust is for the last fifteen twenty minutes. I thought Dino could have been a little bit more forward with his his subs in terms of making those a little bit earlier. Um, but you know, we we, we hung on in there. Did, did he make a sub? Did, did I, I think Nakamba came on? Didn't he in the ninety yeah, fifth minute, ninety fourth minute, maybe? It's, it's... <laughs> in the closing stages. Yeah, um, I think a, another important thing from tonight, I'm just checking I've got this correct, um, <laughs> is that um, Target and Grealish managed to escape unscathed in terms of picking up another booking. So yeah. I think I'm right. If I'm wrong, people will tell me in the comments, but I think I'm right in saying that, that now Villa have reached the halfway point of their season. Um, that means that it's reset for those guys, isn't it? Yeah. I think in terms of in terms of booking. So that's good. Uh, you know, they've kind of dangled across that, that tightrope for, for long enough. So... Um, no, it's, it's it's really encouraging. Can I ask you one thing about the um, how the table looks really, and how the points tally looks? Because we've, yeah. I'm just looking then. Nineteen games, halfway through the season, thirty-two points. I yeah. think I'm right in saying we finished last season thirty-eight games, thirty-five points. Um, yeah. I don't want to jinx it again. It's going to have to be a spectacular disaster not to eclipse that or to match that, and hopefully we'll, we'll have done that by the time we, we we have our next post post match podcast. But it's what what do you make of it, James? Eighth place. You know, I know Liverpool are a club that are going through troubles troubles of their own at the moment, but we're five points behind the champions with the game in hand. Um, it's all rosy again, isn't it, in the Aston Villa Garden? Yeah, it's like almost like a detox, isn't it, after that Burnley loss? Um, a scrappy win at Southampton, uh, one where we, we hold our own and, uh, you know, grind it out. We get we get three points, three off our, our final tally from last season. So, you know, Whatever, come what may, this season, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, it's been a massive, massive success. So really, really pleased with the form we're showing. 
um, what we're able to do most games. And uh, it reminds me, I don't want to compare us to Sheffield United because obviously the situation we're in, we seem to have a better team than now than they did last season. But it's like we either lose games tragically or win games quite heroically. There's no in-between. We bet we've only drawn two games all season, so we're, we're kind of swinging back and forth. And I hope we can kind of capitalise on where they left off. Everyone's speaking about them for Europe last season. I want us to go that one step further. Lockdown did it for them. They, they were slop. They, they didn't make it. They didn't get across the line in the end. There can be no excuses with Villa this season. I think in terms of a fan base, our hope should be really high. Our expectations might need to be tempered because there's still a you know half a season to go left. Anything could happen. But our hope should be, as a fan base, aiming for Europe and as a club, aiming, you know, making the most of the situation we've made ourselves. We haven't found ourselves here by luck or anything. We've earned this this season. We have made our own luck and uh, forced our way through. And yes, some some been some scrappy games, some terrible refereeing decisions, but we made the most of a, a game where I think most Villa fans going into this, it would have been a tough one. It could have been a loss. We, we don't beat Southampton. History shows we don't beat them. So I'm glad we've uh, finally got one over them today, Matt. Really, really pleased with the table as well. Eighth, uh, 32 points. Plenty more to come, hopefully. Let's talk about the, the moment that was the deciding factor then, the the goal. Um, you know, is that probably? I'm on about tempering expectations, and then I'm I'm I'm, I'm throwing kind of a load more hype at yeah. But was that two of England's <laughs> England's star midfielders combining for um combining for that goal? Oh, we've and it's not like Ross Barkley got dug out against Burnley. I think it was he he wasn't really at the races, was he? Today he was all over the shop in in, in the best way possible, uh, tracking back, charging people down, leading the press. At some points it was basically a four four two. He was right up there with uh, Watkins and I think that showed for his goal. But you know, credit has to go for that goal. I think Matt Target just dinking it over into all that space for Jack Grealish to kind of just dink it across then to uh, Ross Barkley who did what he did all game and, and charged into the box. He was leading on the front foot and uh you know, every Villa counter, it seemed like he was there getting himself right in the mix with it. And he's, you know, he's, he's grew back into the squad after that injury. Um, tough game last time, last time out for most of the Villa players, it was in that second half. So yeah, really pleased. And uh, I think he was brought here with the promise that, you know, if you show good form, we'll give you a platform to get back into the England side. Don't know who's up for it, but Ross Barkley's got to be giving himself a, a shout for it. Matt Target as well, Ezri Conza, there's a few names on there. You know, it's a shame Nick Pope's so good because uh, I'm sure Gareth Southgate might be asking questions about Martinez's uh, citizenship. Get him in as well. Why not? In terms of um, in terms of Barkley now then, so I think he, he scored the winner at Leicester, didn't he? That seems like absolute yonks ago now. He scored during the route against Liverpool and he scored tonight. So that's that's three goals for him for the season. Mm. Well, four, four if you count, count the one he scored against Barnsley in the uh, EFL Cup for um, for Chelsea. But I think he's more than that, isn't he? I think, like you said, I think we, 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 we all noticed that he seemed to be, I don't know, blowing a little bit and a little bit kind of off, not off the pace, but, a li- mm. you know, you could you could see he was rusty and a bit fatigued the other night. Um but this Villa side, this Villa side's all about energy. Whether that's breaking fast with energy, or whether that, like you say, that that that's kind of pressing, pressing the the opposition, uh, covering every blade of grass. And I think, I think the fact that, well, listen, the people the people who've come in during Barkley's absence have done well. But I must admit, when Barkley comes in, I think it takes us to another notch in terms of the quality levels. Um, and while I'm while I'm talking about quality levels. 
Jack Grealish doesn't just do the bits where he kind of his fancy flicks and he showboats and stuff like that. He can do that and he does do that, but he's all about the numbers. Again, you know, he scored scored in midweek. He's got another brilliant assist. And, you know, got used to Villa being in the Premier League when the graphics that they show on, on Sky and on BT during the coverage of Villa 20th out of 20 um, on tables in, in, in previous years. But Jack Grealish just seems to be owning owning all the top stats at the moment. Um, and... I don't listen again. I don't don't want to be don't want to be negative or look too far ahead to the summer, but he's not going to sneak under the radar. You know, I think Villa. Listen, he signed a he signed a long contract, so we've got him tied down. He loves the club. He's in a team that that's going places. I would love us to sneak that European place this season, just to say, Jack, we promised you'd make progress. We finished. We stayed up by the skin of our teeth last season. We're now, you know, trying to muscle our way back amongst the elite. Because um, he deserves it, he deserves to be playing on the kind of best stages that there is with with Aston Villa. I hasten to add. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's always concerns though from, I guess, us in the fan base that if we don't get Europe, then then the door opens to him and he goes off. But I think, look, we're Villa probably expecting the progress they've made because they've come out to be probably in terms of chances created chances against one of the best teams in the league in the you're in the top four for that don't know where that's going to work out in terms of final position but from last season you know even finishing 10th would be would be massive massive progress so i hope that the the players who would be who we assume might leave if we don't get to europe be looking at that as progress anyway i really hope that's the case and i'm sure they're they're all level-headed and, and ready to take the next step next season again like everyone i hope it is that this season ends in a, a european place for us let's see hopefully we can if the situation changes we can actually attend it I'd, I'd rather us almost not qualify for europe this season if we can't attend it i'd rather get, get it in next season when we can all go across the continent and uh you know We've got we've got to get it done. Though. I think we're in a position to really capitalise, as, as I've said. But I want to talk about the, the the subs, Matt, because I see a lot mentioned about Dean Smith not using substitutions. I think when I was covering Villa versus West Brom, he did comment on it, and he said Dean Smith said, um, "You know, I'm only going to make changes when I see a tactical change that needs to be made, or someone needs actually to come off." Did you think he needed to make a change earlier? Because I, I think the assumption was as a match grows on, you need to make a change for fresh legs. You give South, Southampton something to deal with, but I think we're pretty much fine. I don't know. How, am I towing the line there? Yeah, listen, I, I think it, it's just, you know that Villa are, you know that Southampton are going to come. You know, they're, they're a team who have got ambitions like Villa as well to be to be in that kind of higher part of the table. You know on the, the, the home turf, they're, they're going to come and they're going to crank it up to, towards the, the last part of the game. I just wonder whether it was worth giving Trezeguet a run a run out to just, um, you know, give, give Matty Cash a, a little bit of help down, more help down down the right. I don't think I'd have bought the new man on. I don't think I'd have bought Morgan on. Um, you know, it was it was a game. I'm, I'm sure he'd, he'd have more than enough quality to help Villa see out that game. But it was a game. You'd, you'd rather bring him on when you're two or three nil up, wouldn't you? Um, and introduce him that way. But like I said, Dean Smith's the manager, and you know. If Danny Ings' goal would have um, would have counted in the in the dying stages, we'd have probably all been battering Dino for for not doing more to shore yeah. it up. But we've fallen down, fallen down on 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 the right side of it tonight. Um, just on on the Europe thing, um, 
Also, I'm not saying that Aston Villa need to finish in Europe to yeah. get Jack Grealish to stay. I don't think that, that's going to happen. I think Jack Grealish will, will want to stay and Villa will persuade him to stay anyway. I'm just thinking about kind of those tangible kind of stages of progress, uh, you know, to, to show that we, oh, listen, whatever happens this season now, touch wood, we will have made progress. But I just think it would be a real statement of intent, not only for Jack Grealish, but if, if Smith wants to make another two or three additions to, to this squad to keep evolving, in the summer, in terms of yeah, Villa qualifying for Europe and the fans not being there, nah, I don't don't really like the idea of that. To be honest, you know, it's Glaston- it'd be horrible. I've been during. Yeah, it's like um, Glastonbury's already been cancelled, hasn't it? So might as well uh, cancel cancel the Europa League or just just delay it, delay it and play it in a play it in a shorter format um, when we're all, all allowed back over there. But we probably possibly are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Dare I say it after nineteen <laughs> yeah. games? Um, what else was I going to say to you? So it's West Ham. It's West Ham next on Wednesday, isn't it? I think. Have I got the fixtures right? Yep, you have. They're uh, fifth place, 20 games played, 35 points. points. They've matched our, our tally from last season. Uh, won their last two games, well, last three even, albeit against Burnley, West Brom and, and, and Palace. They've got Liverpool tomorrow. So I guess we can all sit down and have a good look at them against Liverpool. But uh, yeah, eight o'clock Wednesday. Uh, come to Villa Park, and that, that's a big game, isn't it? I think two teams aiming for the same kind of position. They're two teams who've done really, really well this season, kind of not for us unexpectedly, but I guess that the mainstream like football in zeitgeist of Villa and West Ham have shot the world almost. Yeah, it kind of um, takes a bit of the gloss off ours, doesn't it? So I'm just <laughs> looking at the table, seeing them there. Yeah, we want to be the highest finishing Claret and Blues. We've got a game in hand, so yeah, I, you know, he's, he's he kind of falls into the kind of, you know, the dinosaur category, doesn't he? I suppose David Moyes a, a little bit unfairly. Um, but they've done a fantastic job. I think they've got Jesse Lingard on loan now, haven't they, as well? Um, so I know Villa were linked with him, but I don't think that was that was ever ever really a, a goer, considering the, the quality that Villa already have in that area of the pitch. But no, it's it's important. I thought that I thought that game down there was one of the ones where where we did have a kind of right to moan about VAR to be honest. I thought it was a decent performance and I thought we deserved more than we more than we got that night. Um and I think tonight gets us gets us back on track and, and kind of paves the way for I don't know, I'd I'd like to think I'd like to think we, we can put 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 a mini run together. You know, I d I don't see don't see don't see why we shouldn't. I don't think there's gonna be much activity from Villa on deadline day on Monday. So I think we're probably going to pretty much go go with what we've got unless they kind of pull a rabbit out of a hat in terms of a, another centre forward. But I think the fact that we've seen Wesley, um, you know, photos of him back on the training ground suggests that, you know, they're not just going to sign sign a striker for the sake of it. But um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased that we found, found that, that the little bit of kind of, like I say, mini meltdown that, that followed Wednesday's game has been been very short lived because Villa have gone gone away and shown shown what they're all about again. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad about this win for just for the almost just the three. I simply sounds just the three points that would obviously come with a win, but because if we headed into the, this West Ham game losing to Burnley, losing to Southampton, you know there'd be no breathing room almost. Would there be like suffocating a need to win? And yes, I do think Villa must win to kind of keep progressing. But after that win today, kind of not almost unexpected that it came, it's, it just gives you that much room to kind of consider that, all right, if we don't 
get a result against West Ham. We go again against against Arsenal. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but Villa have given themselves a little, little bit, a bit of breathing room here because those games in hand kind of seem to be getting away almost. If it's almost you look at those games in hand and think, right, that's six, nine points there to, to add on to the current title when it, it obviously doesn't work like that. So I'm glad we've got that little bit of breathing room now heading into uh, West Ham, which could be a, a really difficult game. And I, I really hope we get our revenge over you know, these um it's a cliche, but these games come so thick and fast that we've I've almost forgotten that Villa were Villa were shut down for a fortnight because of VAR. Mm. And Smith's kind of got these players and for you know, for the most part it's the same there's not many tweaks to that first eleven and he's got them to go to the well, you know, two or three times after a fortnight break when we don't know which of them was suffering and which of them you know, well all of them would have suffered for the fact that they weren't doing the usual preparation, the usual training. You know, I, I think it's I think it's it's a credit to to him and to the coaching staff that he that he's got there really. Um, that there just seems to be this kind of winning mentality now. Um, the thing I was going to ask you, James, we'll, we'll we'll wrap up in a minute, and I'll probably, probably put you on the spot a little bit here, but uh, you managed to kind of keep do keep an eye on one of the uh, one of Villa's young guns today, didn't you? We've got you to um, got you to watch um, Notts County versus Weymouth, and go on, tell us who you were casting your eye over. So, uh, obviously, Dom Revan played against uh, Liverpool in the FA Cup and we were forced to kind of field the uh, under-18s team with, uh, with only a few of the uh, starring under-23s. But Dom Revan's kind of very much one of the main names of the next generation of villains coming through. He was sent to Weymouth on loan and I think a few Villa fans and even you know, pundits raised an eye. Why is he going to Weymouth in the, the National League? Uh, I think since he's came in, they kept two clean sheets and they, they only conceded one today. And he's been really solid. He's come in and started for a team kind of languishing at the bottom of the National League after being promoted from the uh, National League South on the playoffs. Coming in, fighting to establish themselves and survive themselves just under the foot of the Football League. And he's combined really, really well with another young defender called Jacob Menza. And, you know, the best thing I can say about him is he looks just so comfortable. He, he looks all right. He just fits in there. And it's you know, it's amazing. You know, you've been playing like kids football, essentially academy football, and you've, you've stepped into this team. And I know it's not League One, not the Championship, not League Two, where, where Villa fans would like to see him playing. But he stepped in straight away, a team that's facing a relegation battle, and he's really, really comfortable. He reads the game so well. He's confident. Yes, he's still almost got that kind of kiddish thing in that he gets frustrated when he does and makes a mistake and he tries too hard to make up for it but he, he seems to have all every all the tools to kind of make it and be, be a league player and I really hope he makes a break for a Villa we'll see he's like, it's only early in, in this spell but he, he's got everything right about him you know you, when you hear the commentators speaking about him and I know they're club bias it was a Weymouth commentator today when they're suggesting man of the match He's not the man of the match, but he's, he's in contention and he's a lone player, a young lone player who's coming, started straight away and holding out those senior pros. So future's really bright for that crop of youngsters, as, you know, especially Louis Barry, Mungo Bridge, all the other names he played in that game, that famous game now against Liverpool. So yeah, really looking forward to seeing what he can do because I know he, he lost today, but it was, fant- it was fantastic to see how he adapted to the uh, professional game. No, it's really interesting to keep tabs on him because let's face it, you know, you know, God forbid there's not another shutdown of Bodymore, um, but we're probably not going to be near the first team again for, for a while. Um, so I know a few of them have gone out alone. So no, it's really interesting. Um, just finally, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot again because you're a man of the world. How do you pronounce the name of this new midfielder <laughs> from Marseille? Because I've listened to the commentator today and he called him like, I think he called him Morgan Sarson, which sounded like Sarson's vinegar to me. Um, I don't know, I don't know what your French is like, James, but 
I'm just calling him Morgan Sanson. Is that all right or not? Or... French is tricky for me because I'm never sure whether you should use it's legitimate to use the accent and almost sound a bit... It's not like Jerry Barton because he was saying English words in a French accent, not French words in the French pronunciation. Uh, so I'm, I'm never too sure. I don't want to put myself out there. I'll just go with what they're saying. So, so and I'm not going to say it ever again. It's Sanson from now on, I guess. I'm just calling just him Morgan. Myself. Hey, yeah, I'm, call, I'm calling him Morgan. He just goes a bit a lower low, I think, if we try and... Um, it either goes a bit a lower low or a bit Jack Woodward <laughs> when he's, he's trying a bit too hard. Um, so. we'll, we'll just let we'll see when he when he starts playing games. I know it might be a bit too early to go and drop him in against uh, West Ham, but we'll see to what people are actually saying about him. Hiraham was another wrong one, and that's an Irish name, isn't it? So you know, mistakes can be made all over the shop. Yeah, well, like I say, I think in those circumstances, we just call people by the first names. Um, listen, I'm um, I'm ready for a cup of tea and probably an early night because I'm a boring old man. Uh, James, you're probably going to tear it up by having a rave in your own room because you're under lockdown. Um, but yeah, we better explain Dan's Dan's absence. He's um he's so managed- kid Kidderminster Harriers fan now. He's uh, launching our Kidderminster Harriers podcast, uh, Red and White, I believe, next week. He's, he's stepping down from this. Probably the best price for him. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so he's he's cut the open strings. He's he's, he's moved house today. He, he's left his uh, he's, he's fled the nest or whatever whatever the thing is. And uh, he's been doing his, all his homes under the hammer stuff, hasn't he? Today, kind of stairs leading up to the bedrooms and all that kind of nonsense. So uh, the cheeky the cheeky sod actually because it's deadline day. And we need him to graft properly on Monday, even if there's not a kind of flurry of signings and departures as we don't expect there will be. He said, he said, I'll tell you what, Matt, I'm waiting in for my, for my Wi-Fi box. Can you come and house sit and I'll go and work around with mum and dad's? I'm thinking, learn some respect, man. Learn some respect. But, so he'll be back anyway. I'll be back on Monday, as we all will, um, just to bring you up to speed with anything that does happen. It might be one of those under-18s going on loan to uh, League 2 or something that we're doing a 40-minute podcast about. But we'll we'll definitely have our ugly mugs back in front of you again. Uh, Villa back to winning ways. Up to, up to eighth in the Premier League. Uh, VAR is our friend for one night only, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll live to face the punishment of, of coming out on the right side of it today. But thanks for tuning in. Um, you can find us usual places, James, iTunes, Spotify, your local news agent, whatever, wherever you want to find us, we'll, we, we'll be there. So until next time, chaps, thank you. I'm Matt Kendrick. This is James Rushton. We're part of Clariton Blue and Up the Villa. Up the Villa. See you later and thanks for watching. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the Villa. Up the Villa.